Amen. What a great God we serve. If you're able, please remain standing as we look at our scripture for today found in James chapter 1. We'll look at verses 5 through 8 together. The word of God to you today. If you need wisdom, ask our generous God and he will give it to you. He will not rebuke you for asking. But when you ask, be sure that your faith is in God alone. Do not waver. For a person with divided loyalty is as unsettled as a wave of the sea that is blown and tossed by the wind. Such people should not expect to receive anything from the Lord. The loyalty is divided between God and the world, and they are unstable in everything they do. Thus ends the reading of God's word. You may be seated. Well, good morning, everybody. Congratulations, you made it through the rain and the time change. I'm going to start today by saying I'm proud of you. I really am. I really am. Well, if you're new with us today, thank you for choosing us. My name is Rodney. I'm the pastor here at New City Matthews. And as we continue our study of the book of James, today our focus is all about wisdom. All about wisdom. How many could use some more wisdom? Amen. Amen. So to kick us off today, I'm going to share a quick a story that I came across while preparing for this. It says a man was given a tour of heaven in a dream. And as the tour was ending, the man noticed that a particular building was skipped over. After commenting to the angel about the building, the angel asked the man, are you sure you want to see that building? To which the man said, yes. So the angel showed the man, and it was a building filled with beautifully wrapped presents. When the man asked what they were, the angel replied, these are gifts God had prepared for his children that were never claimed in prayer. And many of the boxes, the angel said, contained the unwanted gift of wisdom. Friends, when facing trouble and trials, we often pray for provision, we pray for healing, strength, protection, intervention, and deliverance, among many other things, but seldom do we pray for wisdom. So let's pause right now and ask our generous God for wisdom. Father, in Jesus' name. As we sit now at your feet to learn of you, we pray for your wisdom. God, you know exactly what we stand in need of. You know exactly what troubles we are facing. You know the difficulties of our lives, the confusion in our hearts. So we pause now to collectively ask for your wisdom. And we pray, God, that as you show up, give us the courage to follow you wherever wisdom decides to take us. We abandon now our cares and our concerns, our thoughts and our ideas in exchange for your wisdom. And we thank you for it now, God, in Jesus' name. Amen and amen. Solomon was known as the wisest man in the world. And he wrote his wisdom in a book of poetry known as Proverbs. Proverbs is a book that is all about 
how to live. We mentioned before that the book of James is known as the Proverbs of the New Testament because that's what it's about. It's about how to live. As a reminder, there are three categories or coat hangers, if you will, related to the types of books in the Bible. If you remember, there are foundational books, there are historical books, and there are instructional books such as Proverbs and the book of James. In fact, Proverbs 16.16 says, how much better to get wisdom than gold and good judgment rather than silver. If only that were true in the world we live in. If only that were true even in our own lives. And so James here is writing as a pastor to his flock that he knows very well. And he follows his instructions about trouble in verses 2 through 4 with the words, if you need wisdom. James knows that after his church reads verses 2 through 4, considering trouble as an opportunity for great joy, that they would need wisdom to understand that. And so do we. Because the truth is, trouble and confusion are cousins, aren't they? They often show up together. How am I going to get through what it is I'm going through? What's the way forward? I don't have all of the answers. God, what am I supposed to do about what I'm going through? I heard a pastor once say that when pressed, the church quickly becomes confused. When pressed, when there's trouble, when there's confusion, when there's chaos, the church quickly becomes confused. And I've learned as I've lived my life that the problem with trouble and confusion is we often stay there longer than we should. I've also learned, however, that trouble, confusion, trials, and difficulties are oftentimes the admission price that we pay for wisdom. Many of the more seasoned people in life that we use as mentors and counselors and therapists, they've been through some things and they share with us out of the pain and trouble and difficulties that they've been through. Even as we look at the Psalms, the Psalms are full of David expressing trouble and his need for wisdom. And so in verse Number five of James chapter one, James shifts from trouble to wisdom. And he connects the two with the word need when he says, if you need wisdom. Now, this is a conditional statement that James makes here. And by this statement, he is not suggesting that there are some of us that don't need wisdom. That's not what he's saying. He's not suggesting that there's some of us that don't need wisdom. James states the fact in a way that requires each of us to examine ourselves and be humble enough to confess our need for wisdom. The implication here is because we have trouble, we need wisdom. And so James chapter 1 verses 5 through 8, he teaches us that God freely provides wisdom to face life's trials to those who come to him in faith. God freely provides. So then it begs the question, what is wisdom? What is wisdom? I'm glad you asked. Wisdom is the intersection between knowledge and practice. 
Wisdom is the intersection between knowledge and practice. Wisdom, though it requires knowledge, it's not just knowledge. Because you can be knowledgeable and not be wise. Amen, somebody. You can have knowledge and not be wise. In other words, you can be educated and be foolish. The truth is our world is full of that, isn't it? We live in the most skillful, the most knowledgeable, and the most advanced generation ever. However, we also live in the most profane, the most violent, the most hedonistic generation ever. We have knowledge. What we lack is wisdom. James 1.22 says, but don't just listen to God's word. You must do what it says. Otherwise, you are only fooling yourself. But don't just listen to God's word. You must do what it says. Otherwise, you are only fooling yourselves. Now, think about this. Many of us camp on one or the other. Either we love to know or we love to do, right? Either we love to know or we love to do. You know the type of person that if there's a, if there's a barbecue... They ask, what, what, what time is the barbecue? What time is it in? Who made the food? What type of food did they make? Is anybody riding with you? They ask all of those type of questions. How many are no people in the room? Got to know. Yeah, yeah. I know some of you. I know who you are. And then some of us, like me, are doers. We're so busy doing things that oftentimes we do things at the expense of knowing why we're doing what we're doing. Oftentimes, to a fault, I'll say, we'll, we'll do it. We'll figure it out. We'll do it. Let's figure it out our way. But this is where we are. Either we love to know or we love to do. Now, watch this. If I only listen, if all I do is listen to God's word, then I'm nothing more than a consumer. I'm nothing more than a consumer. You know the type of person that's one more, I want to take one more class one more training, one more certification before I feel comfortable doing what it is that I know God has called me to do. Or if we only do, then though we may contribute, we don't pause and stop long enough to know what it is we're doing, why we're doing it, and how to learn the best way to do what it is that we're doing. What's the point? There's a, the point is there's a difference between simply knowing something and putting what you know into practice. Many of you remember, I've shared on a few occasions, a bishop I had years ago, and he would always say, to know and yet to do is yet to know. I know it was confusing at first to me too. But he would always say that, to know and yet to do is yet to know. In other words, if you think you know something and you're not doing it, do you really know it? Do you really know it? And so wisdom is the combination the intersection of knowledge and practice. Here's an example. Knowledge is tomato is a fruit. Wisdom says, I'm not putting this fruit in my fruit salad. <laughs> All right, that was the test to see if y'all was going with me. You, pa you passed the test. Proverbs and James remind and instruct its readers how to live out what they already know. This is huge for us. How do we live out what we already know? Most of us have all the knowledge we need to live the life that we want. 
makes me think about what Dave Ramsey said. If I can control the man in the mirror, if I can do what I know, I'll be skinny and rich. If I can only do what I know. C.S. Lewis said the job of the teacher is to remind us of what we don't want to remember. It's the job of the teacher to remind us of what we don't want to remember. And so through the book of James, we learn that our troubles are opportunities to live out what we know by faith. And in doing so, we experience great joy. But how many know that trouble has a way of posturing us to receive wisdom? Nothing will force you to your knees quite like trouble, right? Some of us are living that right now. Nothing will force you to your knees quite like trouble. Here's the issue. Our go-to posture is I can handle it. I I got it. I got it. No, 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 I got it. I got it. I'll do this on my own. One of the things I'm realizing is when I operate in that space, I'm choosing to be my own God. I'm choosing to be my own God. And so as James says this, James knows that trouble will humble his audience and make them receptive to God's wisdom. Solomon knows the same thing. Because Solomon begins his book in Proverbs 1.7. He says, the fear of the Lord is the foundation of true knowledge. But fools despise wisdom and discipline. And ladies and gentlemen, it is wisdom that enables you and I to live obediently before God in the midst of trouble. To live obedient to God in the midst of those uncomfortable situations. Those things that you've been praying about, you can't seem to figure out, you can't seem what God's direction is. God is calling us to be obedient even in those times, to ask for the wisdom of God through those situations and circumstances. Dr. Vance Havner said, if you lack knowledge, go to school. But if you lack wisdom, get on your knees. James says, if you need wisdom, ask our generous God. And he says, and he'll give it to you. He won't rebuke you for asking. So here, James is inviting his church to remember who God is first. This is so interesting. He's inviting them to remember who God is first. He starts with theology, the knowledge of God. This is where James begins the journey of wisdom, with knowing who God is. He said, remember, your God is a generous God. Your God is a generous God. And he wants us to ask. He has a storehouse of wisdom reserved for the person that will ask for it in faith. Essentially, James is saying, my brother Jesus is generous. He is generous. Matthew chapter 7 talks about, uh, Jesus says, so you, if you know how to give good gifts to your children, how much more so will your heavenly father give good gifts to those who ask him? And so James starts by reminding us of who God is. Before you go to him, remember who it is that you're going to. So he says, ask our generous God. Then he uses a very important conjunction at the start of verse 6. He says, but, but, but when you ask. In other words, you can't just, you can't just go to God and ask however you want to, right? Some of you would lose your mind if your kids came to you and asked you, called you by your first name. Let them do that. At least in my generation, that was not allowed. 
He says, but when you ask, ask in faith. Let's look at it. Uh, James chapter 1, verse 6, he says, but when you ask, be sure that your faith is in God alone. Do not waver. For a person with divided loyalty is as unsettled as a wave of the sea that is blown and tossed by the wind. Such people should not expect to receive anything from the Lord. This is a powerful statement he's saying here. He's saying how you ask shows where you are in your heart. He's saying if you don't ask in faith, you have a divided loyalty and you're unstable. We'll get to that in a second. But the closest word we have in the English language for faith is the word trust. I often say that trust is the active ingredient in faith. You heard me say this before. I can believe that this chair will hold my weight all day. But if I never sit in the chair as a demonstration of my belief, as an act of trust, then my belief does me no good. And so James here is calling you and I to trust in God. But notice that there is a natural and critical progression in the text here. Trouble demands wisdom, wisdom demands prayer, and prayer demands faith. And this is what we're being called to. Verse 5 tells us to ask God for wisdom. Verses 6 through 8 explain how we are to ask God. Verses 6 through 8 establish this essential condition for receiving the things that we ask God for. But far too few of us implement this in our faith walk. We're believe, we say that we believe God, we're Christians and we're honoring God with our lives, yet how often do we actually come to God in faith? Again, this goes against our go-to posture of trusting in self. Trusting in self. Many of us love to have backup plans, don't we? We like to have plan A, plan B, plan C, plan D, E and F if you let us, right? But he's saying, don't miss this. When you go to God, do not waver. Do not waver. And what I have found in my faith walk is in order to do this, you got to be willing to miss it. You got to be willing to go so hard for your faith and find out, you know what? I thought that was God, but it turns out it wasn't. You have to be willing to do that. You have to be willing to trust God wholeheartedly and totally. This is what James is calling us to. It calls for you and I to come to the end of ourselves, the end of our fears, the end of our insecurities, the end of our need to know, or the end of our desire to do. It's calling for us to come to the end of that, come to the end of what you think how you think a situation should work out, how God should intervene in your life. I'm living this right now. If I'm honest, the reason why this arrested my attention is because I'm believing God to show up in a certain way. I am. I'm believing God to show up in a certain way, and what God is teaching me is to abandon what you think. Because along the process of that, God is showing me that I have been putting, putting more faith and trust in the doctors than I am in him. And so he's calling me to divorce myself from the need to understand everything and know everything and change my posture from hands out, God, I need, give me, give me, to hands up, God, I surrender. 
This is the posture that God is calling us to. Our request for wisdom here must be made just like any other request, by faith. The same way that we come to God in faith, we must ask God in faith. And that's what he says. But when you ask, ask in faith. Then the second thing I want to show you in these verses is he uses the word at the end of verse 8 that we shall not read too fast. He uses the word unstable. He uses the word unstable. Watch this. Let's look at verse 8 again. He says, their loyalty is divided between God and the world, and they are unstable in everything they do. Now, mind you, he is writing to his church. He's not writing to people of the world. He's writing to believers. This is who he's writing to because we love to keep our options open. We love to keep our options open. Now, I want you to think about for a second what he's saying here. He is writing to a people that is scat they're scattered and they're stuck, just like many of us in this room. They're scattered and they're stuck. And to add instability to that should be a scary thing for us. This jumped off the page to me. It's one thing to be scattered and stuck. It's another thing to have to be unstable on top of that. When you think about it, the world that we live in has far too many examples of unstable believers. I'm not talking about believers that have lives independent of trouble, right? We already established the fact that we all have trouble. But he's saying if you don't ask in faith, you're unstable in everything, everything you do. And as I prepare for this, the word that the Lord shared with me as I prepare for this was the word witness. If you're unstable, then what does that mean your witness looks like? What is your witness like to your significant other? What is your witness like to the people that you work with? What is your witness like? In principle, this is also mentioned in the book of Revelations when they talk about a people being lukewarm, right? This is essentially the same thing. He said, be either hot or cold, but don't, in the middle, don't, don't live here. Don't live here. And I submit to you that far too many of us live in the middle. This is where we live. You know why? Because it's safe in the middle. It's safe here. Living in the middle, we, we, can, we don't have to go hard for Jesus living in the middle. We don't have to do that when we live in the middle. Living in the middle is comfortable and it's safe. But it's not what God is calling us to do. It's not where he's calling us to live. I need you to get this. At this point in our text, we have moved beyond how to ask God for wisdom. We move beyond it. At this point, we have moved beyond that. Now, James is getting to the heart of the matter. Specifically, the state of our hearts. The hearts of the people he's writing to and the hearts of the people in this room. This is what this, is what this verse is about. In other words, where is your faith really? Who are you trusting in in times of trouble? Who are you going to for wisdom? 
Who are you going to? I just shared with you that the Lord shared with me that I've been leaning on the doctors for wisdom. Now, mind you, that has its place. But our calling is to lean on the one who created the heavens and the earth. That's what you and I are called to. There's not a person in this room that doesn't need God's wisdom for something in your life right now. Not a person in the room. And so on March 13th, 2023, God is calling us to approach him in a certain way. This is about our posture. I know you need something. I know you need wisdom from God. James is addressing how we approach the king of glory. He says, ask in faith. Ask in faith. Ask God in faith. Friends, that's, that's how we get wisdom. That's how, that's how we arrive at the wisdom that we need. Our faith is standing between us and the wisdom that we need. Because we just established the fact that God is a generous God. He's a generous, he's a loving father. And so I stand with you in the need for clarity on some things. In the need for God's wisdom on certain things in my life. God stopped by here today to tell us how to go about getting it. But here's what I know. It's going to also call for you and I to be patient. Because oftentimes wisdom is not instantaneous. It happens over time. And I say this as a person that could be very impatient at times. Even in situations and with people I love, I can be impatient. But I'm also learning that as we walk with our loving Father, He's generous and He's gracious to give us the wisdom that we need. And so it turns out that if we ask for wisdom and how we ask for wisdom reveals a lot about the state of our soul. It, re it reveals a lot about where we are, who we serve, who our king is, who our God is. And so in James chapter 1, verses 5 through 8, this is essentially an invitation to come to God and ask him for the wisdom that you need. And so my hope and my prayer as we do that together this week and beyond is that because we know God is faithful and God is generous, he's going to show up. He's going to show up. My hope and my prayer then is that we would embrace the gift of wisdom that God gives us. Even if it shows up contrary to what you thought, what you were believing, even if it shows up packaged in a way that, that, that wasn't necessarily your preference, God is, is calling us to posture our hearts to receive what he has. So when you ask, when you ask, the instruction is to ask in faith. And so as we close out today, I want us to look together again at James chapter 1. 
verses 5 through 8. After we've heard the word, it's important for us to read the word together again. It says, if you need wisdom, ask our generous God, and he will give it to you. Somebody needs to believe that. He will give it to you. There's somebody in the room that has been doubting God. You've been doubting whether God cares about you, whether God loves you, whether God sees what it is you're going through. And God stopped me in the middle of reading this to tell you, whoever you are in the room, that he sees you, that he loves you, he cares about the concerns of your heart. And if you ask, he'll give it to you. He will not rebuke you for asking. But when you ask, be sure that your faith is in God alone. Do not waver. For a person with divided loyalty is as unsettled as a wave of the sea that is blown and tossed by the wind. Such people should not expect to receive anything from the Lord. Their loyalty is divided between God and the world. And they are unstable in everything they do. I'm believing that this will no longer be us. No longer will we be unstable in everything that we do. But together we will begin to abandon what we think, abandon how we feel, and ask God in faith. Let's pray. Father, in Jesus' name, thank you for your kindness, for your love, for your generosity towards us. We ask your forgiveness, God, for having divided loyalties, for having backup plans, God, for leaning to our own understanding. We ask today, God, that you would help us to trust you wholeheartedly. That when we come to you, we would ask in faith. So we ask, God, that you would remove anything that serves as crutches for us. Anything that provides comfort but keeps us from you. And we thank you in advance for how you're going to show up. Thank you in advance for how you're going to move, for the wisdom you're going to provide, for the clarity you're going to provide, for the direction you're going to provide. For you are a generous God and you're a loving God. So we thank you for it now in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. If you're able, would you please stand with me as we respond to today's message? And I
Amen. What a great time in God's presence today. Amen. Amen. What a generous and what a mighty God we serve. Thanks for being here. Your presence is more of a gift than words can ever express. I appreciate you. I appreciate your prayers. I appreciate your, your laughter. And I appreciate the gift that you are to the body of Christ. As always, there's a few ways that you can respond to what God did. You can go to Connection Point. You can come for prayer. We have care team members that would love to pray with you. You recognize them. They have a yellow lanyard on. You can always give as a response, as an act of worship. So anything that God did, you can go to newcity.us slash give to give there. Or you can give right here at the campus in one of our giving boxes. If I haven't had an opportunity to meet you, I'd love to meet you. Shake your hand. Thank you personally for being here. And as you know, we are still in the season of Lent. We have Lent resources that are available to you. You can go to Lent Project. US. It's a whole plethora of resources for you to benefit from as you walk through this Lent season. Amen? Well, if you're able, won't you extend your hands and receive this benediction as we depart today. Now may the Lord bless you. May the Lord keep you. May the Lord make his face to shine upon you and may he be gracious unto you. May the Lord lift up his countenance upon you and may he give you peace. Father, I pray that as you endow your people with your wisdom, that you would give us the courage to live it out to a lost and dying world. In Jesus' name, amen.